Taking a fall can cause serious injury, but the risks can be reduced. So we're discussing fall prevention. This is Be Well with Skagit Regional Health. Thanks for listening. I'm Joey Waller. Our guest, Paul Ross, Trauma Program Manager for Skagit Regional Health. And Paul, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So first, what makes you so passionate about the subject of fall prevention? Well, the passion comes that it's 65% of all of our traumas at Skagit Regional Health um, and reducing those risks to our population. When we talk about it being preventable, what are some things that people should keep in mind there? Uh, There's multiple levels of prevention that can be provided. Uh, Regular doctor's visits yearly uh, have your fall assessment completed by your provider. Medication adjustments, hearing and eyesight correction, regular exercise routines, and having your house evaluated for clutter such as loose rugs, extension cords, and then just making sure that everything is within reach. Interesting. Well, one of those you mentioned stands out to me, getting your eyesight checked. Do people tend to let that fall by the wayside more than maybe some other health checkups? They do because part of it's insurance related. A lot of eyesight type ideas are not covered under some insurances such as Medicare to the full degree, and it may be a price to the patient. Gotcha. So, Before we go any further, in terms of age and whatever other factors there may be, who's most at risk of falling? So the people that are most at risk of falling are those falling are those that are 65 and older, poor nutrition, poor conditioning, such as getting enough exercise and keeping your muscles conditioned, people that are on multiple medications people that use assistive devices such as canes, walkers, crutches, and again, to mention the poor eyesight and hearing type issues, and then anybody that has balance issues, especially after post-operative procedures, such as any kind of amputations you may have from diabetes. Well, you mentioned there canes, walkers, and crutches. When people need those, be it temporarily or permanently, how big an obstacle for people in the medical field is getting some people to agree to use them in the first place, because especially as people get older, sometimes that can be an issue, right? Correct. And I think it's just a big challenge of recognition that we all are getting older and uh, many people don't want to admit that their capabilities aren't what they were many years ago. And so using these devices in their regular household isn't always the safest bet when you're going through doorways, thresholds, hallways, trying to get in and out of your bathroom with walkers. Uh, Some of their houses just aren't quite built for that kind of assistive devices. So really, it sounds like much of this fall prevention surrounds convincing a person just to adjust their behavior or surroundings, right? That's right. And that's where the family members can really come in and help us out with this as well. So talk to me about that. How do you kind of grease the skid, so to speak, if you're a relative of someone that needs to move in the direction of making changes that will keep them on their feet, but it may involve one or two things that they're just not used to? I think the most important thing that families can do is to physically go in their home and look for obstacles and uh, look around the house and move extension cords, make sure everything's in reach within the kitchen, all the common items, uh, lamps that are in reach of the couch, and do their very best to 
just make everything a little more accessible for them. And then sometimes it's just a conversation of a little bit of tough love. Um, You know, we're not where we used to be when we were younger. Our conditioning starts to go down, especially after a fall. We get too worried and we may sit around a little bit more and get worsening conditioning and then develop pneumonias and other types of health concerns. Well, it so happens I have a relative in his late 80s who recently suffered a partial hip replacement. And as part of his rehab and recovery, he was given a cane, using one for the first time. And I spoke to him recently. He's doing great, fortunately. But he said to me, you know, I probably don't need the cane anymore, but I don't want a reoccurrence. So I'm going to stick with it just to be safe. And that's the perfect attitude, right? That is the perfect attitude. And then, you know, an evaluation by a physical therapist wouldn't be a bad idea at all. Some of the other issues that you could also have to worry about is weather when you're using these assisted devices, Um, icy weather, any kind of snow, wet surfaces. Uh, You have to be aware that you're using these uh, devices on those other types of surfaces, not just in your home. Right. How about the long-term effects of falls, especially as you get older? It's potentially a lot more dangerous and damaging than just bumps and bruises. Correct. And the long-term effects really with falls comes into play when there are hip fractures, um, which accounts for a very large number of fall-type injuries. I believe it's uh, 95% are caused by falling. And worsening concerns beyond that are, you know, unsteady gait from after your hip is repaired. Uh, They're very difficult and long surgeries to recover from also creating balance issues, fear issues, again, dimension pneumonia. People that fall on blood thinners and hit their head is a trauma in my hospital, and it is in most hospitals across the nation as well. Due to the increased bleeding risk, there's an increased uh, risk for you bleeding in your brain as well, which can be debilitating for a long period of time. Sure. Let me ask you, because you are Skagit's trauma program manager, what can you tell us about how common it is for older people to fall, and also how often whatever caused it is, in fact, preventable. In other words, you're telling us you know that it is. How much so? Maybe give people an idea of how often you find that someone that fell didn't really have to, if you will. Uh, We don't really have the percentages on uh, whether they would have fallen or not. I can tell you that women are experiencing more falls than men and more hip fractures than men as well. Uh, I believe it's they fall two-thirds more often than males do and suffer these injuries due to osteoporotic changes in their bone structures. But even if there's no data necessarily to support it, I would imagine sometimes you hear stories about how or why someone fell and you think it's unfortunate beyond the obvious because it's something that could have been avoided had they just made some of these adjustments that we're talking about, right? Sure. Uh, You know, installing different assistive devices in your bathroom, such as handholds and stuff like that. And again, seeing physical therapy, talking to your doctor, having your house assessed and, you know, your thoughts are, and oftentimes the medics will take a picture of their home and you do think, boy, there's so many ways that this could have turned out much better. A couple of other things. How about the potential psychological impact of falling that we're trying to avoid here, like 
the fear of a recurrence. Maybe if it happens one time, especially if you're older, if you're not what you once were physically, that could change your whole outlook in terms of getting around in the future, right? It does. And so oftentimes those people will sit more often, lay in bed for longer periods of time, causing further deconditioning of their bodies. And then, you know, eventually developing bed sores, pneumonia, all the other things start coming into play that they weren't expecting and they wanted to prevent. But it was due to that fear that these other things occurred. And then also, if someone sees that a loved one or someone they know really needs to make one or two of these adjustments we've discussed ahead of time to prevent and avoid risk of a fall. What's the best method if you know they're reluctant? Because we all know that as people get older, they become more set in their ways. Often they poo some of these changes. What's a good tip or two to try to convince them to do some of these things before the fact, as we've discussed? I think if you have somebody that's in that situation, it's very difficult to get their loved ones to listen. And so some of the changes you can make is, you know, uh, look around their house and maybe buy them a new pair of sneakers and then maybe hide their flip flops (laughs) and uh, say, you know, you should really wear these around the house more often. So I think sometimes it's just working it from a little bit of a back angle. Again, you know, changing someone's personality and everything else, it can be very difficult. I think just sitting down and having a conversation with them is the best and first method that anybody should try. But I think there's several things you can do without them really even noticing. Understood. Well, folks, we trust you're now more familiar with fall prevention. Paul Ross, thanks so much again. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. And for more information, please do visit SkagitRegionalHealth.org. Again, that's SkagitRegionalHealth.org. If you found this podcast helpful, please do share it on your social media. And thanks for listening to Be Well with Skagit Regional Health. Hoping your health is good health. I'm Joey Wallace.